0: Welcome to the Jesus Sex and Politics Podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all the things culture doesn't want to talk about that will scare you. Well, Nathan... We got some special guests in the studio. I say that every time, but today I really, really mean well, it. Well, and not
1: to, not to in any way make any special guest not feel important, but you say that every single time.
0: <laughs> <Well>, it just <laughs> keeps getting... You just add a really. <laughs> just, I did. I, it was we a <laughs> really special guest. We have Mark and Amber Archer in the studio with us, guys. Welcome. It's great to have Woo-hoo. you. Yes, yes. Thank
2: you. Yes, <laughs> it's for good.
0: Us. Good to have you here. Uh, before we get into kind of what you guys do, real quick, uh, we got to do the uh, March to 170, even though it's April. Now we are on the diet competition. So where are you at? You you gained a few pounds. uh I don't think so. I, yes, I drank some water. That was it. No. Um, and I just want to <laughs> say
1: that I'm proud of you. This is today was your lowest day so far. I mean, you're
0: still losing by six point nine pounds. But hey, who's counting? Hey, no, listen, listen, man. You you gain weight just by drinking water. You are you're gonna go. You're gonna balloon up again. You say that, but boy, do I look good in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Uh let's see. Um uh, but we have a uh let's see, I think I'm down to one eighty one now. So where are you where are you at I'm at one seventy four point six. Okay, so you were at one seventy two. Yeah, but I didn't
1: drink any water. I was trying to get underneath that one seventy the last the last two days. So. so, so
0: you just stopped eating. You you're not eating. This <clears throat> I is am not eating. I'm healthy. eating everything I want. Your body's a temple, uh, and I'm ash- I'm ashamed no, that you are treating not, your temple no, this no, way.
1: No, everybody wants to visit. No, <laughs> I no that's not
0: right. That's that is not the way
1: that it's that a should have come
3: relationship. out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, well, it's you know, hey, I I think we can all say we've been making good health. Choices. That's right, and that's
1: a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I, that that is. I I needed I needed the competition because I was lacking in discipline. Mm. But now I got discipline, and I will absolutely beat you to one seventy.
0: That's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So let's get into the real. <laughs> I have. I'm like, when can I use that? When can I use that? This one, I can't wait for this. <laughs> it's Kamala. Kamala's cackle. <laughs> Play that one on the day I hit 170 before you. <laughs> I even slowed it down at the end. That was like it was kind of <laughs> like in uh, Back to the Future where the laugh, where the where the dad's like, ah, 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 ah. you know that. <laughs> so that no, no I, I know exactly okay, what You got, what you're you got about. it. Okay, but listen, I just want you to listen to how she slows down. <laughs> I, I, no, I get it. She's running out of air. I love it. Well, it's okay. really nice to have our guests Yes, with this, today. Let's, let's dive Enough into that. Enough talking about Come us. On, man. Right. Let's talk yes. about yes. you. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, so, Mark and Amber, thanks for joining us. Uh, we, so, tell us a little bit about your backstory. What you do? You guys are you guys are filmmakers extraordinaire. Uh, you do documentaries. Is there a word for someone who does a documentary? Like, is it a documentarist? Is that a word? Is that something
2: it's like that, Paul Reiser from Mad About You? Documentarian. I think. <laughs> oh, it's documentarian. Investigative filmmakers. <laughs> okay, <All right. laughs> that's that's good. That's Documentarian, documentarian sounds. That does
0: sound good. sounds official. Boy, yeah, it does. Like it should have <laughs> you a have piece a, of paper that goes. Okay, like you have it, a doctorate yeah. of documentarian. Yeah,
1: I feel there like you go. It. Yeah. How long how long have you been doing this kind of uh investigative
2: uh movie making? Mm, so well you want just just investigative. Yeah, films?
1: like where did it start? Tell me a so, little
2: backstory. Okay. okay. So we started our nonprofit ministry Phil, uh fearless features in what was it, twenty seventeen? Twenty seventeen, yeah. And before that, we were doing a lot of work for a lot of faith-based nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've done feature films in the past. I've done theatrical films and TV movies and all that. And uh, we have actually two businesses. One is the nonprofit and one is a for-profit production company, just servicing corporate clients. Mm-hmm. And we were getting really kind of frustrated with uh, – feeling like we were limited to what we, how how effective we could be in telling stories for these clients. And so we decided that we would start a, a filmmaking ministry to tell stories of how people came to faith in Christ. And, wow. and we started that just very small. We said we're just gonna do these short films and we're gonna put them out on social media and just, you know, this is our act of obedience to the Lord. We're That's gonna awesome. tell these stories. So we did one And it had, I don't know, 10,000 views or something in the first month. And we went, wow, this is pretty powerful. So then we did another one, and that went uh, international because Mm -hmm. the the guy that we did it on was from Romania. Mm -hmm. And so we started to really see the power of this. And then we were having uh, coffee one morning, and and (laughs) Amber looks across the table at me and just says, matter of factly, I think we should be making movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Knowing
3: what his background yeah. is yeah. and you know everything that that he's come from and and out of and I thought, you know, I didn't know Mark in in those days. And so I I've never actually seen him make a film from start to finish, but I knew I I've just reading and and watching the things that we produce knowing that wow, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent there and it's, it's untapped. And I know that the Lord is using what he does and what we're doing together. And so I just look, I was like, yeah, I think we need to be making movies again. Wow. Like okay. I want to see it. Now, I, I want to see so, it from start to finish. What is cool. this? Mind
2: you, I have to take you some more backstory. I had sworn off doing yep. doing movies. I, it had <laughs> been over a decade since I'd wow. done a movie. Wow! Because when she and I first met, I was trying to do another feature film, and it was it was one of the worst ideas I've ever had in my life, <laughs> and it was the one of the biggest disasters of a film that I had ever done. I wrote it. And I was the uh, directing and producing, and it was it was a like a psychological horror kind of a film, okay. and and I I was running from the Lord, right? Huh. And so I decided I'm going to write the film that I know everybody wants to watch. I just want to make money. Let's get this done, and it was a terrible film. Wow! <laughs> and it it was not only was it
3: praise the Lord it never saw the light of day. Yeah, what
2: was what was the title? Can no, you tell? Us? Can't tell us. No, <laughs> I'm not even going to bring it <laughs> up. Lips <are> sealed. <laughs> so bad. Um, but it, not only was it was it bad just from a when I when I sat down and, and finished the rough cut, I had to be honest with myself. I said, "This looks like a student film. This is the worst thing I've ever done in my life." And add to that, the well, and
3: how many years ago was that? I mean, that was in oh, gosh, 2005. That was, that
2: was 05 so you probably were a student at that point. No, no,
1: <laughs> no. You look I, pretty
2: young. I, don't, you know, I don't know. No, yeah. I'm 48. Okay, so no, so I actually I got my start in the church. Okay, so I grew up in in Fort Wayne, going to what was then Blackhawk Baptist Church that was started mm-hmm. by David Jeremiah. Wow! Cool. So we started going to Blackhawk in 1977. Nice, and I'm just old enough to remember him as pastor. And one of the the legacies that he left at Blackhawk that affected my life was a television ministry. Wow! And so they would actually live broadcast their services, and that was that was groundbreaking. That's cool, yeah, definitely. The, wow! You know, in the late 70s, all the way through the yeah through the early 90s, it was still pretty unique. Yeah, yeah. and so that. That ministry called the Bible Hour was where I first got my start in live television. So at the age of 14, I went over and volunteered to run camera, and that became my youth group.
3: I was going to say, and tell them why
2: you volunteered. Because I hated youth group. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anything to get out of going to youth group, I just hated it. I didn't fit in with my peers, and I just wanted to be around cameras and movie stuff and lights and that, so Mm. I, I just dived into that. And I, I did it as much as I could. I found that there were people there that would teach me anything I wanted to know. know, And they taught me work ethic because they would teach me, but they expected me accountability out of me. Right. So I learned everything that there was to know by the time I was about 17, I could run the whole studio. I could mix, I could do lighting, I could direct, I could engineer all of
0: it. When you came down here uh, for an event, I can't remember what event it was, uh, but you had a pretty uh, cool gear setup. I was like, man, this guy's this guy's got some <laughs> nice gear. I was like, How can we get him to volunteer at Life Church? <laughs> the commute might be an issue. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
2: just years and years of doing it. I mean, yeah. when I started, it was it, we were still shooting on three quarter inch and then Betacam and you know and then uh, when i started making movies we were still shooting film Mm-kay, so wow. that, and it was a big deal to to make a movie cuz it was there, the the price of entry on all levels oh, was yeah. very high mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you had to know how to shoot film how to you know how to do that process yeah. so shot a lot of 16 did a, lot, a couple of movies in 35 and Learn that whole process. Wow. And it, so it's kind of in the, in the music industry where I, with, with, is my background?
0: It's amazing because back in the day you would have to spend two hundred, three hundred thousand $300,000 just to get a record. Yeah. I mean, cause you'd have to go into a studio, rent studio time, be working with professionals that are running, you know, it's, if it's all analog, it's, you've mm-hmm. got get gobs and gods of uh, rack gear and everything mm-hmm. like that. And now with digital, I mean, it is just like, you can make an amazing album right in your bedroom, you know? And and I think probably filmmaking is probably similar in that. I mean, you can, you know, we see the commercials with the iPhones, like, you know, professional, you know, professionals do an iPhone, an iPhone film and it, you know, it looks pretty good to the untrained eye. You're kind of like, you know, you couldn't really tell a difference. And so it's amazing what technology has done to bring that price of entry down. Well, it's kind of
1: really cool to hear the, the story, because as you said, you're running from God. How many? First off, Mike and I were both youth pastors, so yeah. we're sorry for the youth ministries we created that <laughs> made you want to run from us. But you're
0: welcome, right? Um, and whoa, whoa, whoa! We came up with cool names like Ignite and, and Ignatius. Like it, it, yeah, yeah, Ignatius. Yeah, with a. We're um, going to create a world of flamers who are on
3: fire. <laughs> we're going to have to. You're
1: going to have to YouTube that, folks. you yeah. love that, Ignatius. Um. The, uh, the thing about it, though, is so many of us discover our gifts within the church, mm-hmm. and there is that pool from the world to, to monetize that gift. Mm-hmm. And it's not wrong to make money from the gift, right? right? But a lot of us end up spending our calling on, on something that doesn't glorify God, when, you know, like you, you hear all these Grammy award-winning artists and where did they start? They started in the church. Yep. Yeah. At some point, they they got lured away in some capacity and it's, you know, maybe to the point, and I'm not saying that in your case, but maybe to the point where, hey, I, I've, I've left my first love yeah. and mm-hmm. it's time to come back. And then you start to see what God can do, not just with your talents, but with His blessing you know, yeah. so that's exciting yeah. to hear that yeah. kind well, you're of cha- story.
3: You're chasing everything that is self-serving. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when you're running away from God and you know that you have these gifts and, and you you just want it for self, yeah. like yeah. how how can I, you know, put myself on a pedestal instead of putting God there where yeah. he rightfully yeah. belongs. Where he
1: rightfully on the throne.
0: Some of the best worship leaders I've I've, I've ever seen are guys like uh, what Chris Martin from Coldplay is one that comes to mind. He's not a worship leader in the sense of leading people in worship, to the Lord. But that guy has a gift of worship leading that the Lord had put on him. Yeah. You can see it a million miles away, but he's just not using it for the glory of the Lord. He's using it for his own, his own gain, own his, gain own, yeah. his own purpose. Yeah. And, and I mean, I remember going to a Coldplay concert. I'm like, man, this guy would be like, this guy's got a heart like David. He's just, he's just walked away from the Lord. I mean, you mm-hmm. could tell like he, if, if, if the Lord got a hold of him, what what would happen in worship settings and music in, in environments of praise would just be awesome. But, you know, he's, he's walked away. And so it's, it's sad. Um, yeah. but yeah, but I'm, I'm glad God led you back. Yeah. So you guys have now then started doing film. So together and you're, you just feel God's calling in your life. God brought you back to that mark. So tell us about the film that really kind of like like blew up here recently, the documentary that you guys just put out and in the premise behind that, yeah. you want to talk about, go ahead there. <laughs> no.
2: so, well, right. so or the you can talk out. about the slasher <laughs> film that you made. I mean, that's fine too. No, 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 so. no, it's, it's flashbacks. Um, well, it's, so it's interesting because, you know, starting our filmmaking ministry, I had not, I had actually quit filmmaking completely and I, I, I kind of had this, yeah, I had this midlife <laughs> crisis and it was, it was a spiritual crisis for me. I said, mm-hmm. I'm done with this. And I'm, what it was, was I'm done with Mark. I'm tired of Mark and all the messes he makes and I can't do this Praise anymore. God. And so I gave it all over to the Lord. I said, I'm sorry. And I can't do this anymore. And I'm, and I, you know, I give up and, and, and I prayed to him. I said, just take this away from me. So that, cause I'm so confused and I'm so messed up. I, I just, I got to take a break. And so I walked away and I tried to find a new career. And mm-hmm. so I actually went back to school and finished my engineering degree. So for three and a half years, I was a full-time student and I was working a summer job driving deliveries, you know, for an electrical supply company. Wow. And, but I had always left the door open with, with the Lord. And I told him, you know, I'm done with this. I know I'm done with this, but you're in charge, and if you want me to go back, I don't know why you ever would, but if you say that you want me to go back, I'll go back. And she had started doing photography, <laughs> and so she's got, you know, a new DSLR camera, and she goes, hey, look, this does video, and, you know.
3: Because he sold all of his gear. I, I, like, I, I, it literally, like, wiped everything out. No more video, nothing. Yeah.
2: Wow. I closed the business. I, I sold everything. I, I I didn't even touch a camera for th- over three years. Wow. And uh, then she started going. Well, you know, I, if I had some promo videos to put on social media, I'm like,
3: I know, I really need some promotional <laughs> stuff. You know anybody that could yeah. do a video for me?
2: You do you know a guy? <laughs> wait, yeah, wait. that's what it was. Do you know anybody that could do that? No, nope, I don't.
3: <laughs> he did tell me that, no a few times. I did. Dude.
2: That's for did. a while. That man is dead. I, yeah, the Lord put him to death. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I I started praying about it. And I started kind of feeling the bug, and I I why I wrestled with the Lord. I said, I, I thought we were done with this. And, and the Lord just reached down and went, nope, turned it back on. And it was like, I woke up one morning and I went, I need a camera. Well, wow. I got to do something. And so it was a couple years of starting small with her again, but it, it, it was enough time had gone by that I had, I think the Lord had, had done what he needed to, to purge Mark of Mark. And wow. I was ready to start over. I was driving uh, deliveries in my van one day and I I kept thinking about this concept for a film that I had thought of years before called Inwood Drive. And it was the story of how they shut down the abortion doctor in Northern Northern Klopfer, Klopfer. yeah. yeah. And I knew the title of it and I I said, you know, if if I was going to do this film, it would be this and it would be called Inwood Drive. And then when she then said one morning i think we're supposed to be doing films and i came back i said then we need to do inwood drive yep. and so that was well, the first well. film back uh, as you know husband and wife team as fearless features and and with with the understanding between us and and the lord uh, and especially for me just telling the lord i will i refuse to do this unless it's for you 100% for you i don't want i don't want any of that stuff that i wanted before 'Cause I've been to the top of the mountain, there's nobody there. Mm, you know, yeah. I, well. I my first film, I went to Sundance, I won Sundance, sold the film to Sony Pictures, you know, wow. got a deal to do another movie, did you know, did a film with David Carradine and Mariel Hemingway, you know, all these things that are supposedly these you know the, the, the ultimate. Groundbreaking thing. career. Yeah, what right. yeah. well, people aspire to. Right. And yeah. it was emptiness. Yeah. I just had nothing.
0: And I and you I get had, up to the top of the mountain and think there's going to be this big party and, you know. And everything's going to be great. And everything's going to be good. <laughs> My you, life you is awesome. Like,
2: hey, where is everybody? You, know, you get up oh, there. man. You get up to... there and, 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 and somebody goes, No, the party's over here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, got to climb all <laughs> the way back minute, down and climb I another. I got all the way up here and by myself.
3: Wait, there's another summit? Yeah.
1: And it almost reminds me Tom Brady after he won his third Super Bowl. Yeah. He uh does this interview and you can see this this look of disappointment on his face yeah. as mm-hmm. he says, is that all there is? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean he'll go on to win more and more and more, but if you weren't satisfied at three to seven, change that mm-hmm. yeah. where God is not. I mean, really, I just hope lots of people from Life Church are listening to this because they have you have hidden skills out there. I'm talking to your heart today, you have hidden skills out there that that maybe weren't used the right way at first, but God still gave that to you. He designed you. He had something in this world he needed to do, and then he made you to do it. And as you're listening to that testimony from Mark, the, the question is, you know, how do you take what, what you know how to do and use it for the Lord? Because in that, you find your greatest purpose
0: and you find joy.
3: Yeah, and, a, yeah. and apart from God, apart from Christ, it will never be enough. Whatever you are pursuing, it right? will never be enough. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that, well, that yeah. sixty
0: minutes interview with Tom Brady was interesting because, y- you know, the the guy who's uh, interviewing Tom Brady says, "So what's, so what's next? What are you aspiring to? Like, what what do you want?" And Tom literally says, "I wish I knew," like, and you just see this like total like despair. Yeah, it's yeah. like I wish I knew. And then it's interesting that he just retired, and he's he right back and in. And he comes right back in. I have to think it's probably because he's saying, "What do I do now?" Yeah. And I think he's he's gonna hit a he's gonna hit a wall here. Uh, it's gonna be a dump trunk that that just runs over him in, in a few seasons when his body does give out and he mm-hmm. has to retire and he can't go back. He's gonna have to come. It's gonna be this moment where he's like, "What do I do now?" And I think if he doesn't find Christ, it's gonna be a really empty existence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's like
3: most of the world—they're just lost.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So you guys make you so you so you make this
2: uh, Inwood Drive uh, mm-hmm. about Doctor for uh, shutting down the abortion clinic. When did that come out? So we released that right in uh, early 2020. <laughs> 2020. So okay. Right when they shut all the theaters down. Okay, great. Right. So it's good, wow. good timing. Great time to try <laughs> Thanks, to. Thanks Lord. Them. Thanks for. <laughs> and then, right. And then the line, the, the virtual line to get onto the streaming platforms was. Oh, through the roof. Months long. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, it was fall of twenty twenty before it really yeah. okay was was you know able yeah. to be seen.
0: And for those who don't know, Doctor uh, you know, t- give a little backstory on kind of what that what yeah. what was going on. Yeah,
3: so, well, I mean, it was it was really fascinating because when we started it, we really questioned the Lord through the process because we're like, wow, we we have literally zero. We started with zero dollars. Um, there wasn't a lot of support coming in We're a new ministry, people don't understand, you know, what is a filmmaking ministry? And we weren't, you know, we have three young children. It's not like we can go out and constantly be advertising our ministry to people. You see a lot of missionaries going to different churches. That's just not us. I mean, we, we have kids and and our family comes first. Um, and so there was a, a point to where, uh, we weren't sure how we were going to pay our bills. We weren't sure how we were going to go and buy groceries or put gas in the car. And we would continually pray and we're like, Lord, you know, we think, Oh my gosh, maybe the Lord isn't calling us to this. We would, we would doubt that this is what the direction we're supposed to be going. And without fail, <laughs> every time the Lord always provided just what we needed. And I and I have to share this story. I'm sure that you know if if our, our donor was listening, you know they wouldn't mind. But I won't name them. But it was it was quite fascinating. We were really uh, very far behind. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars in debt into this movie, and along the process, and we were almost we were so close to being finished, and we're just like Lord. We can't. Why are we doing this? Why is this? Why is this such a struggle and a and a battle? And you know, Mark and I get up super early in the morning three three thirty every morning. We get up and we read scripture. We pray before the busyness of the day starts. And so it it was just one of those moments in the morning where we're just we're just broken. We're like, man, I don't, I don't know if this is what we're supposed to be doing anymore. It's just, it's heartbreaking. You know, you feel it in your gut and just a fire in your bones to serve the Lord. And you know that what you're doing is right, but you don't see the fruit of it. And I, and it's hard to be, it's, it's hard to be in that position, but we left with our family and we went out on an errand that day and we came back home and there was an envelope sitting on our doorstep and there was a check in there for $20,000. Mm, wow. And at that moment, we're like, okay. I'm like, <laughs> i like, I guess the Lord has
0: got us on the right path, you
3: know. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, fine. I, you know, my, uh, my it, I felt like it was like the, my desperate plea of the morning, and then to to have a prayer answered so quickly yeah. and so dramatically in that way, and wow. I was like, okay, the Lord is with you wherever you go. That's you cool. know, you have to you have to trust the Lord. And I think that was especially during the the through the first film, it was the Lord really pushing us to trust mm-hmm. Him more through everything. You guys are going to go through hard things and I need you to surrender everything to me. And it was, it was in those moments, but yeah. And, and so we, we got the film done and we showed it to our, uh, the people who did support us through that. And, um, <laughs> and after we showed it to our supporters a week later, George Klopfer died, the abortionist died. Wow. And then a week after that on a Friday, the 13th, I remember uh, they found over 2,000 fetal remains at wow. his home wow. and in his in, in his car. So he was
0: the abortion doctor, if you don't know the story, that was collecting babies after he killed them, after he murdered them. And he put them in sheds, in his yep. basement, in mm-hmm. his garage. And and it was just, I mean, 2,000 and how many? Uh,
3: 2,411 was the total. Oh my so because they found others um, weeks later. But, you mm-hmm. know, it was in that moment that we both kind of looked at each other through all of that questioning of, Lord, why do you have us doing this? We felt so called, and there was such an urgency. And then we realized, okay, the abortion doctor is going to die, and you need his testimony. So we have, I mean, he's, he speaks for himself in the film. Um, wow. and We're then,
2: the, o- the only like, people that ever interviewed him oh, you, actually interviewed you him. You interviewed the him in his, wow. Clinic, wow. in his clinic. In his clinic in Fort Wayne, we interviewed wow. him. Wow.
3: And so, and, and then to have all of the babies found, I mean, so we pulled the film and we're like, okay, we can't release it now. Now we need the rest of the story. So we went back Mm -hmm. into production, waited six months before they buried all the babies up in South Bend. That was an amazing
0: ceremony too. Curtis Hill and Christy Stutzman and and some legislators that were up there and they gave every, every one of those babies a dignified burial. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Yeah. so so we were there, we documented it all, and then we released it and um, put it up on streaming. It was on Amazon. We had it on Prime for a while, and then they kicked us off of Prime because, you know, it had over 100,000 plays, uh,
0: you know, wow. on and Amazon. Prime, and Prime kicked you off? Yeah, yeah. now you have,
3: you have to rent it. I mean, it's, it's still a very affordable rental okay. right now, so...
0: Okay, but you can get it on Prime. So if
1: you have yeah. Amazon Prime, uh,
3: yeah, yes, yeah, for you can yeah, for rent, rent it. For, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. In the all name right. of the film again,
3: Inwood Drive. Yeah.
1: Inwood Drive. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: So we were done with Inwood Drive. We had released it, and we were praying. We we're like, Lord, where are we going next? And we knew we knew that it was going to be something about pornography. Um, there was there was just there's there was just this gut feeling. You know, as as we read Scripture, we see all of the, the woes of the world. We're like, okay, we need to we're we're going to deal with pornography. Didn't know what that was going to look like. And um,
2: you want to tell them why we were so driven by that particular <laughs> subject. You want to go off the deep end here? Yeah.
3: yeah, you can, yeah. Hey, this is Jesus, sex, and politics, yeah. hey, man. Hey, this that's, whole, that's true. This you guys is want like, a redemption story. Yeah, we got one for Yeah, you. We,
2: got, we got one. How long we got? <laughs> <laughs> Let it
3: roll. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so a little history. Uh, when Mark and I met, we actually met in the strip club that I worked at. I was a dancer for five years, drug addict, alcoholic, and the Lord was really... Working on my life, but but he was there. Why were you there?
2: Why was I there? Because I was, I was, a, <laughs> you were ministering, man. you were no. ministering, no, uh, uh, no. Running, running from, from the Lord. I, <laughs> I was the prodigal, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was. So, I, I, I became a Christian when I was very young. I grew up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. Christian school, pre K through 12. I knew all the right answers, yeah. but when I got out of that environment, as soon as I got out of high school, and I was you know in my pursuit of filmmaking i was i was making friends with all the wrong people and so all those bad influences just i i i, I wasn't just nudged off the edge yeah. i leapt off the edge yeah. and all through my 20s and into my early 30s i i was very good at bad decisions and so i just lived a very optimistic way yeah. to look at it. <laughs> the only thing i was good at was making wrong choices so I just lived a very hedonistic life, and I and I had started to really uh, have to pay the consequences of that. I had a failed marriage, and I was and I was a porn addict. That's all I can say. I mean, it men, if you're hanging out in strip clubs, you're a porn addict. Mm-hmm. You are. You you you're in there because you want to see pornography. It's live porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was in there and... Uh, now, was
0: this this was this was Fort Wayne? This was this Fort, was. Fort so, Wayne. So this was one of the Shangri-Las then maybe, right? Is that... Because there was... I remembered we had a business on Lima Road. And so that was like exit 211-ish. And anytime I had to go down to 209, you kind of go back... Uh, by the truck stops and everything, you see these. You know, yeah. you start seeing that that row. You know, you
3: know, unfortunately, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne is known yeah. as a city of strip clubs and churches because there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of both wow. oh, per yeah. capita. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> there was like yeah, there was like a bunch in a row. And I just remember thinking like, is it that popular of a thing in oh, Fort yeah. Wayne? Oh yeah, like,
2: oh, yeah. wow, yeah. wow, yeah. yeah, and everything that goes with it, yeah as well. Yeah, so yeah, so,
3: so we knew we just knew that. To te- Because we spend so much time in the Word, that was that was just the, where the Lord was calling us. Mm-hmm. We can speak to that. Yeah. We know what that's all about. And we see so many people struggling with it. So we knew that that's that's where the Lord was calling us.
1: The, g- the greatest place of your brokenness yeah. becomes the greatest place of of your possibilities to bring healing to, to broken people, you know, Mm -hmm. to to speak to to them in a way it's, it's exactly, you know, we talk about this in growth track, right, right at the end, you know, you kind of almost sound like Moses, you know, I I went running from the Lord, you Mm -hmm. know, I spent 40 years in the desert Mm -hmm. and, and then God killed killed a guy. Did you kill a guy? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you kill
1: a guy, (laughs) (laughs) guy, Mark? Um, He killed himself. (laughs) Anyway, uh. (laughs) God calls you, you know, he meets you at the burning bush And you said i can't do i can't do i can't do i'll be disqualified what if they say Mm -hmm. they'll bring up my past all these Mm -hmm. different things and god says no i'm going to tell you what to say i'm going to go with you don't fear i'm going to send someone with you sends aaron with him because he's like i've got a stuttering (laughs) problem and it's like the lord takes all of your excuses away and he says what's in your hand well i have a staff okay let's use that
3: yeah Yeah. you know yeah
1: I, i have a camera Yep. I have a, I have an understanding of how to do this, and God's like, that, I've been making you all along. Did you think that eighty years ended your your potential? No, I'm going to release it. So, mm-hmm. what a beautiful yeah, cool. story. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I think, and especially when we went in and, and talked to um, the abortionist, and and later Mark and I talked about, it and I said, you know, had I not spent all those years in that environment with all different kinds of backgrounds of men perverted men, yeah. I don't think that I would have had the composure that I did and able to handle the abortionist himself yeah, sure. in, mm-hmm. in the way that I did. Yeah. And so I think it was through those things that the Lord has really prepared us to go about these um, films and the way that he has us doing things. It's it's just, it's really incredible. And it's it's a privilege to serve the Lord in that yeah, way.
1: That's cool. We have so. a, a lady. Uh, okay. So so we're in relationship with this, this church called faith uh, assembly in or faith church in Anderson. And this man, Walt Weaver, his wife's name is Renee Well, Renee, you know, kind of, kind of just a kind of very proper pastor's wife. She got this idea one day that she, she felt like the gospel needs to go into the strip club. Mm-hmm. And so she, speaks this with a couple other ladies in the church. And so they start going to the strip club just to love on the girls.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I heard this story. I, I heard the story, but I didn't know who it was about. And then finally I met the lady that it's about. But finally the the lady who ran the strip joint had to kick them out because they were having strippers start to come to church and do not want to <laughs> be in this business anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just, there's no place of darkness where, where Christ's light cannot penetrate it. And, and get there to reach a heart that says, I, I don't want to be here. This is not what God has planned for me. What, yeah. uh, it's such a such a beautiful story because people don't, they, they think people are beyond God's grace yeah. to find them. And I mean, the, the guy who wrote Amazing Grace was a slave trader. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he didn't believe, you know, that's why he says he, you know, that saved a wretch like me. Yeah. He saw himself that way but God does man he totally gave you a grace to even talk to that man mm-hmm.
0: wow yeah. and in your you know in your brokenness and you in like those weak moments in your life when the lord steps in and he transforms you i mean just that testimony there's people listening to this right now who are saying oh my goodness like that's me mm-hmm. like that's my story and and that's where i'm at right now and if if God could pull them out he can certainly pull me out, and mm-hmm. I think that's—I mean—that's beautiful. That's the, that's the God we serve, right? Yeah, trust yeah. me. I mean,
3: I was a drug addict, an alcoholic. I've been in and out of jail. I did house arrest, community service. You name it. I was just—I was bad. You
2: were—you were also good at making bad choices. I was
3: also you both were very
0: bad. good at making bad choices. That's but you know that.
2: But it's interesting because how the Lord put us together. Yeah. She, she came from a non-Christian home, had all the wrong things modeled for her, mm-hmm. and sort of makes sense that that's. The life that she ended up with. Mm -hmm. I came from a very good home, good church, good upbringing. I knew all the right answers, yet I went completely off the rails, you know, of my own volition and made all those bad decisions as well. So, you know, it's interesting when we speak to people, you can tell when people are uncomfortable to talk to you because you see right through them. Mm. And so between the two of us we see right <laughs> through pretty much everybody, right? <laughs> Cuz awesome. I yeah. I have a passion for calling out men. Yeah. And mm-hmm. saying men, you cannot you if you so, you know, moving into talking about the mind polluters, you can't watch the mind polluters and not act on it. If you watch that film and you don't act on it, it's probably because you're compromised, which and that's mm-hmm. mind polluters is the film you guys just released right. a few few months ago, correct? yeah, yeah. which it's is awesome. all yeah. about the sexualization of our kids through the public education yeah. system. Mm-hmm. And we, because of our backgrounds, we looked at it. We actually watched an episode of Glenn Beck called Global Grooming. and he was interviewing Rebecca Friedrichs, and they were showing, You know excerpts of these books and that, and we had been praying, Lord, what's the next thing? We know it's this was after Inwood Drive. This was after Inwood, Mm -hmm. and we watched that episode of Glenn, and we both looked at each other and went, "That's it. Wow, that's That's what we're doing."
1: Didn't you so, just see Glenn Beck yeah, in I, person?
2: Yeah, I met him last week
0: uh, down down in Dallas. I was at his studios in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. he's what, awesome. He's what, awesome. What
1: was he saying to you guys?
0: So he he really hit, it was about 40 pastors from around the country that were there. And it was at David Barton and Glenn Beck. David Barton is the wall builders. He's the American historian. Um, Love them. Yeah, they're they're amazing. But Glenn and David have teamed up and they're, they've got this, they bought uh, Mercury Studios, which is in Dallas with the largest Hollywood studio uh, west of the Mississippi other than in, in Hollywood. Hollywood area, um, so they bought this and they're turning it into an American. Um, it's going to be the American um, Journey Experience. Yeah, the Journey Experience. Yep, and so it's an incredible place. But but Glenn comes out and really to the pastors, what he hit on, he basically said, if the church and pastors don't begin to lead now, in in every aspect of our culture including politics then we we will not see the liberty and freedom carry on for our next generation and he was so i mean his warning was so dire but i felt like it was very prophetic and and he was talking a lot about the the how how it's gonna roll? It's gonna all center around money. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make you do what they want you to do based on money. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about ESGs, environmental and social governance, and basically it'll be credit cards that will that will track your carbon emissions, that will track your social media accounts. The moment you say or do something or spend too much carbon emissions or say something on your Twitter that is deemed hate speech the banks will turn off your credit card and they will Mm -hmm. say, until you comply with our community standards, you will not be able to use your money. And so there's already states right now that are putting in anti-ESG legislation uh, trying to get ahead of this. Indiana is not one of them as far as I'm aware of, but we're trying to get legislators to to wake up to this. Hey, this is going to be coming. Banks are going to start, the global banks are going to start really Saying, "Hey, you can't." It's like what uh, Trudeau did in Canada yeah. yep. with the truckers, right? Yep. Yep. You know, hey, you. The, we know it's your money, but we're going to stop you from using it, right? Yeah. You're not going to be able to buy insurance for your truck. You're not going to be able to get a loan for to buy a truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where it's going.
1: Well, your your avenue of of doing this, your method of of movie making is is basically storytelling, mm-hmm. and um, I just read a book in the last six months. It's, it's called um, Inductive Preaching, which is a lot about how Jesus used stories to preach and how he used the question that was coming up. Jesus preaches very few of what we would call a, a, a a sermon on the mount type thing where he's just a deductive kind of message where this is what i know and this is what i'm going to tell you jesus uses uh, there's there's a scripture that says at some point he he says no longer did he speak to them uh in this normal teaching method but instead told them parables Mm -hmm. so that so that seeing they would not see and hearing they would not hear it's like uh, you'll only be able to to really understand by a use of spiritual discernment. Mm-hmm. And we get the, you know, my wife is a photographer too, yeah. and a, a picture's worth a thousand words. So what's a movie worth? I mean, a, mm-hmm. a zillion yeah. words, right? That there's there's this, I, I really uh, heard that during COVID, s- so much material was being prepared by churches where we were outproducing Hollywood mm-hmm. in terms of content mm-hmm. and and God had to use this disaster in order, I think, in many ways, and even Life Church, to kick our tail towards get into this, start hiring towards this, start upping your production, even if we don't, you know, know it all. It's not going to mm-hmm. look as as good yet. But I, I wonder if God's just really into this awakening of the of the movie makers of the storytellers.
2: I, I, think, I think so. And what you see happening with the, the explosion of what we call faith-based content is very evident of that. You know I you know growing up when in the 80s, uh, when we did, it was there was just not a lot of good Christian film content. I mean, you didn't have films like I can only Imagine and you know, God's Not Dead, things like that that are so popular now. And so, but it's interesting though, because we find ourselves now like with, with Inwood Drive and, and again with the mind polluters that even there are, there are limits that the faith-based, you know, <laughs> film, film oh, community yeah. has set and they're going, we're not going to talk about that. I tell you, I won't name names, but I had a conversation with a producer of a very, very big Christian film while we were doing Inwood Drive. With and big,
3: uh, uh, distribution, big
2: distribution, big money behind Faith-based it, distribution, and I'm talking to him and explaining what we were doing with Inwood Drive, and we were in the middle of that film, and I when I told him that we had interviewed the abortion doctor, and that he was in the film, and there was this pause, and it was <laughs> silent for a second. He goes, "Whoa," and I and I said, "I said you have to," I said, "Listen, because we we had." Even supporters question us, why are you letting that man speak? And I said, No, 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 no. Let the man speak. Trust me, the more he talks, the worse it's going to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have got to get used to hearing the truth. Yeah. You got to hear the monster say what, what you think is on his mind. It's worse, trust me. And when you l- watch the film and you listen to his bizarre. Rationale, reasoning yeah. rationale for things you just it's like a what? episode of the view oh yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, pretty that's close,
2: close. <laughs> yeah that's true um it, but there it, when i told him about that and he said yeah we wouldn't
3: we we wouldn't be allowed to do that we wouldn't
2: be allowed to do that Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wow. and i know why because i know where they're getting their money source yeah. it's from hollywood yeah, yeah. and yeah. we have found the same thing so the suppression is the next frontier that we have to get Past because the distribution outlets, we can make all the product we want, but if nobody can get to it, yeah. yeah. You know
1: what, though, that is still, you know, very much that way in the church. Uh, there's portions of scripture that people would never want spoken from their from their <laughs> platform, <laughs> right? You know, we did uh, when I first came to the church in our first year, we decided we were going to do expository preaching on the Song of Songs, mm-hmm. and and you know we told people uh, this is definitely PG-13 you know well i think we called it PG-12 you know if you <laughs> if 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 you're 12 you need to learn sex education within the church and this is actually the way that god would have done this he would have brought the people to hear this as a part of liturgy it would have been read to them while they held on to their children mm-hmm. and and explained,
3: mm-hmm.
1: holy cow! Yeah, and there's a lot of things in there that people, you know, and they want to say, "Oh, well, this is for a married audience." It's a married audience, and I had to go back and say, "It is not. These are written to the virgin daughters of Jerusalem. These, this is for unmarried people as well." And you get, oh, I, mean, I get, I get turned into the district superintendent because <laughs> because I talked about breasts uh, from the pulpit on Sunday, but. But the reality, we even did this fun thing. We had these t-shirts that married and it would take you right to the message series. But it was the number one thing that we ever, ever did from a message perspective with more people listening to it. And, and, I, and, and you would still felt very criticized from Christians who said, you can't do this, mm-hmm. but where the edge is, it's not that you're trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's not that you're trying to, to. Make anybody think bad things or anything like that. You're actually trying to show them where life is, mm-hmm. but you have to show them almost where destruction is and say, these are the guardrails of God. This is why he tells you to stay here. Yep. Yeah. And so when we, when we say certain things as pastors, we know we're, you know, it's a joke with Micah. He, he walks right up to the edge of the line, looks over <laughs> it and just, and just, you know, <laughs> he doesn't step over <laughs> it. He just, just testing the water. Just, just look at spits it. spits over just the look, cliff just look of at it, it, right? Oh, um, look it out there. Oh, but okay. I think that that's what the church, you know, you guys are the church. Yeah. And you're being called to say those things that are dangerous and say those things that are, are are what the world needs to hear, but they don't it's it's just like this podcast. It scares them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh congratulations and well done. And just, you know, on, on behalf of of a pastor, I I, I, I love that. Man, hey, that's we're all inspiring. one body in many yeah. parts. The yeah. Lord
3: has given us all a job to do. Yeah. You yeah. know, and in and, and, and speaking of and audience. Yes, we will get back to the mind polluters, our recent <laughs> movie that we released, because I think that's the most beautiful thing that we've been able to see across the board um, with releasing the mind polluters is, listen, we've had, we had, you know, no money starting this. We actually uh, refinanced our house to get the seed money to wow. make this movie. There's faith. And mm. yeah, total, total walk it's of a faith. faith journey. It is, it is. And so we just knew that this is what the Lord was calling us to. And now to see it and to see who's uh, picking it up and who's using it—it's a tool, and we've mm-hmm. we've always made tools for organizations to use to you know grow their ministry, grow their organization, and to see it. And now we don't just serve one organization. We serve the body and it's across the world and it's incredible to watch. It really is incredible to watch. You said that,
0: uh, not to cut you off, but you said that even the Texas legislature is going to be showing them the film here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Actually next week, it's going to be in the Capitol. Uh, There was a state Senator who last week took the movie on tour all week long (laughs) showed the film to audiences across his district and then sat and had a round table discussion afterwards. And we just had another um, state representative in Texas call us and we actually just signed him on and he's going to do the exact same thing in his community because he's introducing legislation next year to help, Parents and to protect children,
0: amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, so mind polluters goes into the public school system. Yep, and mm-hmm. it looks at the indoctrination, mm-hmm. uh, the sexual indoctrination of of our children, correct? And yes. that's kind of the main, and also
3: the social emotional learning aspect yeah. of it yeah. because that's huge mm-hmm. right that, that's now. SEL, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Hit on SEL just a little bit for some of our listeners because it seems so innocent, and that's the that's the danger of of what it is. It's it's like, hey, we just want kids to be emotionally healthy. I mean, you know, I even know Christian teachers. Features and principles that are saying there's nothing wrong with yeah. SEL. So, so go into SEL a little bit and just kind of explain where the trap is in the SEL uh, concept.
3: Well, in an, in a nutshell, so social emotional learning it it puts every child into this um, into this system or what do you this paradigm that says uh, you're all trauma, trauma. victims. Yeah. You're all you, everybody's a trauma
2: victimization. Victim. It's yeah. ther- therapeutic education is what mm-hmm. it's, we've gone from. Academics to therapeutics. Yeah. Mm.
3: And so so what this does is every child who comes in and especially since COVID, now the government can say and everybody can say, Hey, yes, we really need this because all children experience COVID. And so it's been this big push. But the thing is, social emotional learning is teaching the morals. If you look at the paperwork, the documentation of it, it is teaching children morals. Now, whose morals are you teaching? Because I can guarantee you the public schools are not with Christ. Mm -hmm. So where... Where are we going here? Who who's right and wrongs? Where is absolute truth? Yeah.
0: Well, there is. That's the thing. There is no absolute truth. And I just did a, a town hall with you guys yeah. a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We were on a panel together up in Fort Wayne, and and I remember there was a couple of teachers in the room, um, and and you know one specifically, he was a you know red for red guy, real real far left leaning teacher, and I even asked him the question as he was asking us questions. Mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, is there absolute truth?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No." No, there's not absolute truth, and I'm like, well, that statement in itself is an absolute truth. So right there, you're yeah, contradicting, nullifies yeah. your very <laughs> statement, bro. But, yeah. but, but that was his mindset, and he's a yeah. te- he's a teacher in the public school system. And if there is no absolute truth, then everything can be can everything can be true. So how do you tell a kid who wants to go off and be a murderer someday that he's mm-hmm. his truth isn't isn't valid and right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. you can't if you can't if you don't have ba- the guardrails, the boundaries in. And I think that's where. I have been pushed. I was on the plane back from Dallas, and I was sitting next to a guy from Muncie, and we got talking about politics, and and uh, and I don't think he was a believer, but I think he was just kind of saying, you know, so what's what's the problem really in the schools or in our in our nation? I said, well, if you want to get down to it, it's that we're getting away from truth, and absolute Mm -hmm. truth, and 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 it opened up this discussion. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, anyone can. Can have their own truth now. There's no right and wrong. There's no wicked. There's no bad. Uh, good and evil. Mm. It's it's Every everyone man does, does what's, what's right in his right own, his own eyes. eyes. Exactly. And I said that's that's a really scary place to live because mm. you can't have freedom and liberty when you have people of bad morality. Mm-hmm. Because freedom with people of bad morality is like opening up the prison doors and just letting the prisoners go free. They're free. But they're not moral, and they're going to cause a lot of problems, a lot of chaos, and yep. a lot of destruction. You have to have a moral truth, a moral center in society in order to have liberty and freedom, uh, and and that's that's the uh, and, and so in our schools we're seeing this. We're seeing this. You, hey kid, you 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 can believe whatever you want to believe, just as long as you you treat others. Well, first of all, you you treat others kindly. Well, whose definition of treating others right? <laughs> right. That's what I go back to. It's like, I get to your point. Whose definition of yeah. kindness, right? Yeah. Whose definition of treating others is going to, to win the day? And why does it get to be the state making that? Or why does it get to be somebody who has a far left-leaning ideology making that idea of right and wrong? So, so anyway, that was a really eye-opening experience when I got to do this town hall with you guys mm-hmm. because there were a couple teachers there that and I, I actually, I don't know if I told you this, I went up to one of the teachers who was kind of, he was the older gentleman off to the the left, if you were on the stage looking. And I talked to him afterwards. And he's, he's a middle school teacher. He's been teaching for 30 plus years. And and I, I asked him, I just I threw out a hypothetical. I was like, you know, if the kid was going to, you know, go over and hurt somebody, you know, and, and like if he was a 17 year old and he just wanted to hurt another student, um, and that was his truth, and he felt like he, he had the right to do that, and he could just, you know, abuse people, um, would you tell him that he's wrong? And his response, his exact words were, I would not tell him he's wrong. What I would tell him, I would say, in my opinion, I don't think that's the right thing to do. So he's even that statement, and this guy yeah. was a, a professing Christian, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're not willing to say with with uh, certainty that something is wrong? He's like, nope, I, I, I'm not allowed to. Well, and that's,
1: That's where you depart from God so far that even the very law that's written on our hearts. You know, every man, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, the Bible says in Romans 1 that every man is without excuse Mm -hmm. because God gave nature as a witness and a testimony of who God is. But the, the thing inside of all humanity that wants to rebel against God is they would not acknowledge God as God. They, they can't say, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done and how you see it in heaven, make that, that that way on earth. We can't say that. And so God comes along and he says, if you won't do my will... If you won't see things from my perspective, then I will permit you to see it from your perspective, but get ready for all the consequences to Mm -hmm. hit you. And that's what we're experiencing. That's why our nation looks so different a hundred years ago than it does today. And that's why if you go back to uh, de Tocqueville, when he writes, you know, the Frenchman who comes and sees America and sees all the, all the, the religious freedom and love for the Lord. He goes, no wonder America is the way it is. Their hearts are on God.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, where are we today? We're, we're told that we can't even say that God would say this other thing. We're redefining God in the world. And, and people keep trying to make a God they can live with. Uh, you'll have all kinds of Christians who will say things like, well, my Jesus would never do that. Well, the problem is when you can make your Jesus look like what you want him mm-hmm. to look like, he's no longer Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's a God of your own invention. You are an idol maker. You just named him Jesus. Yeah,
3: yeah. we've been reading uh, Jeremiah and it was interesting on the way down here. And it, it struck me when we were listening to it and in Jeremiah seven twenty eight it says, truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. And I just kept thinking, may it never be so. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and life. Amen. And, I, and I think- if, if you don't have Christ, you don't have the truth. And, and there are absolute truths in this world. And, yeah. and people yeah. are so flippant yeah. about about who Christ even is yeah. and yeah. want to make him into their own image.
1: What an exclusive statement too,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? You're talking about an offensive statement. Yeah. Yeah. When Jesus says that, he basically <laughs> nullifies everything else. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that, how dare you say that? Uh-huh. That's not what I Well, change your mind. Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> and, 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 and you have what, it's really postmodernism that's run amok, with going after truth, and it's interesting the churches. I was reading this article last week, um, and it says that that churches that preach wokeism and churches that preach this postmodernism, they're church killers. They can Absolutely. go into a healthy body, they can do this, they can destroy it, and oh, you yeah. come back later, and there's nobody there. Yep. And, but the churches that hold to truth, that fight for it, that get threatened with all the cancel culture. Those are the churches that are growing, that people are going, I want to go there. I I, I want in, I want to learn. We've seen that at
0: Life Church. I mean, big time. We've grown a lot. And, and, and it's the cancel culture comes after us and says, you can't say that. That's intolerant. That's, that's mean. That's, you know, and it's like, that's what God's word says. I'm not, it's not me saying it. And
2: it's it's just, God saying it. Okay. Yeah. If
0: cancel culture yeah. will say that, it's like, how can we say that louder? <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. You know, it's interesting yeah. I, in, in my journey, right before Amber and I met and I tried briefly, it lasted about, know, about three or four hours. I tried to be an atheist. I really gave it serious thought because Mm -hmm. I was so angry with God because of
3: the way way my life
2: had turned out and (laughs) and it was this realization that my life was was in the toilet because of all the decisions I had made. And but I was fighting against that. And I and I tried I thought, well let me consider that maybe you don't even exist, right? And I remember sitting in my in my den in my apartment and having this having this thought process and, and the Holy Spirit really convicting me, and I, and to put it in photography terms, right, because this is what we do, and and I started having this revelation. I went, wait a minute. To have 50 shades of gray, right, you have to have black and you have to have white. You can't have all the gray without the two yeah, absolutes on either side. Yeah, it's exactly a blend right. of absolutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's up, there's down, there's day, there's night, there's, you know, you cannot live in a relativistic world. It doesn't work. And if you and if you believe one hundred percent in relativism, then go jump off the roof and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But you're, we
3: absolutely you're absolutely gonna fall. Absolutely gonna hit the ground, and you're absolutely gonna get seriously
2: <laughs> yeah, hurt. Right? That's right. And and that was all it took for me. And I thought. Oh. Uh, but putting it in terms of photography because that's what i do every day and i mm-hmm. went this doesn't make any sense at all you have to have absolutes yeah
1: you have to i remember that as you're explaining that jumping off the roof when when i was in my young 20s i remember having a conversation with another young man in his 20s and and he was a uh you know he huge evolutionist Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the second law of thermodynamics and and we were talking about the law of entropy and all things running down i'm using scientific law and i remember that he is uh you know he's believing in the theory of evolution over top of the laws that counteract the idea of uh, of evolution, I'm like, do you believe in laws or theories? Because you're saying I'm this person of faith. In reality, you, I think you might have more faith than me yeah. because— because you believe in what you cannot even see in, in the laws of nature. And I, and I talked about, I, I'm like, hey, these are my keys. I'm going to drop them. What's going to happen to them? And, and I said, every time they're going to go, because the law of gravity goes into effect, it's going to fall. You jump off a roof. Yeah. You're going to fall. And he said to me, he goes, actually, um, no, eventually it's going to go up. <laughs> and i went i went bro you literally believe these keys are gonna go up at some point point. and he goes oh yeah because there's this percentage chance that it will go up and i'm like
2: bro who
1: sounds like the crazy person yeah. for believing in god
2: now yeah. right let me he, tell, you, tell yeah. you what we learned in engineering school Obey gravity. It's the law. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know, and I. One thing that
0: uh, David Barton pointed out last week, when I was down at his place, uh, we talked about evolution, and uh, and you know the theory of evolution. Where did it all it all come from? It came from Charles Darwin, right? Mm-hmm. He had a book. What was the name of his What was the name of his book? That's that's Origin of, of Species. Do you know the full title of that book? Uh, full title is so anytime someone comes to you as an evolutionist just say you're buying into racism yep. and here's the full the full title originally of that book it's been it's been cut out now because mm-hmm. it would be you know the left wouldn't want you to know this not PC but correct yeah that's right <laughs> it's uh, on the origin of species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle of life Yeah. so mm. favored races so yeah. mm-hmm. the idea was to get rid of the blacks because they weren't fully developed they were still kind of in that stage of ape and man, and he saw the white man as being fully developed mm-hmm. in, in the origin of species. Mm-hmm. So the schools, going back to mind polluters, I think really when the devil began to take hold of the schools was when that that Charles Darwin mindset began to set in. Now, they're whether they know it or not, they're pushing this idea of racism and and it all came from this demonic place of a guy named Charles Darwin who said hey there's the white man is superior to the black man the black man is between is between ape and human. No wonder you can have slavery. When you I mean the origin of species sets it all up for you. You yeah. can say oh they're right. not even human. Of course I they're like they're like an animal. I can I can put them to work in my field and and and, and there's no I'm not going to feel bad about it.
1: Yeah and you 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 even take that to you know who did this guy influence? And then w- you got eugenics. You yes. got you got Mar- the very- Margaret Sanger, Margaret Sanger. Yeah, the, and now we got the mother of Planned Parenthood. And then we have <laughs> literally a black president winning the Margaret Sanger Award and being like, "Oh, this is great." Yeah. Well, if she had her way, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't even it. exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's so based
0: in racism. This is, how is it that, and I, it, I going back to the point of storytelling, I, I was going to ask a question, <laughs> but how is it that the left is so good at projecting everything they are onto the other side and saying, you guys are racist, you guys are bigots, you guys are exclusive, when when they themselves are that? And I think it's because of
2: storytelling. They're very good at pulling the heartstrings.
3: Oh yeah, they're a marketing machine. Oh, they're good I mean- at it. Yeah, but you know what,
2: I... I, I I agree with you, but I also want to point out that if you look overall, just look over the like the past decade of of television and feature films, that there is a real disconnect starting to happen where the, the quality of storytelling, like just the yeah. take take faith and worldview, everything out of it and just look at the, the quality of knowing how to tell a story yeah. has gone so astray um i'll give you an example i i watched uh i'm i'm a big matrix fan right yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 i have you seen the, the new, new one, one? I, I haven't seen the new no. one uh-huh. it is so bizarre it is it is without a doubt one of the worst films ever made Well,
3: shoot i was kind of excited <laughs> for it because <laughs> i like <laughs> i like so, the first
2: matrix it is so bad and i tell you what andy wachowski yeah
3: who's now wait who's, what's she no no it's, it's not a,
2: andy it's actually larry Okay. Larry the is not Lana. Who's, who's
3: Lana? No yes. way! Oh, yeah, they, they Larry, both went transgender Larry, after after the first one. Larry. Well, is that because oh they're getting?
0: Is that because they're getting paid nine hundred dollars from that uh, town out in California? Did you hear about that? No, they're paying people nine hundred dollars to be transgender. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again, stupidity. I'm sorry. Yeah. To, I don't. I don't want to derail the conversation. No, so there, the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters. Oh yeah. They, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's too
2: unbelievable. If you really want to get nerdy about it, go back and watch. They actually the 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 idea for the Matrix. Was not theirs. They stole the idea from, there's a Kiefer Sutherland movie that was out years before called Dark City. Okay. And it is almost exactly the same film. So the Wachowskis basically pirated that, got the funding, and and yeah, they took all their money from the Matrix and they both went and became women. Trannies, right?
3: It's a complicated relationship.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So now apparently they're not speaking to each other anymore. <laughs> but Larry, who's now Lana, was the one who wrote and directed this last one, and I, it is it
3: is so bad depraved mind. Con- Just and oh, I look yeah. at it and I yeah. go,
2: this is. Th- I told her. I couldn't even get through it because wow. it's it's like watching a bad high schooler film. <laughs> what about uh who's the actor? Um percent- Keanu No, no, oh, no Keanu. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. I like Keanu. Keanu? Was, yeah. But like- you know what? It was Keanu it was John Wick in the Matrix. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's just that bizarre. And I've, I've, I I have this I have this kind of overarching theory as I look at the quality of entertainment and I think the further off you go on this yeah. wokeism and transsexual and embracing mm-hmm. homosexuality, yeah. all this, you start to lose touch with reality. And I see mm-hmm. this shift happening where where the Christians are starting to rise up. The ones who who understand truth and absolutes yeah. are are the ones that are you look at what the Irwin brothers are doing, like with I Can Only Imagine, just as an example. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. So well done. And you look at what's coming out of out of mainstream Hollywood, yeah. and it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, it just, just gets worse and worse and I worse. I mean,
0: look at look at the Oscars now. I mean, all people do is just slap each other. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not even like. No one knows what movies. Yeah. No one has no cl- any clue what movies were there right. this year. Or who was they, nominated? They, but they know us. that there was a slap heard
2: around the right. world. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, look at Disney. Look at how. Oh my goodness. Even yeah. the quality of everything that Disney puts yeah. out. They had they had the golden opportunity with Marvel yeah. and Star Wars, and they have. Ruined yeah. those franchises. Yeah, they
1: really have. Yeah. The, when I was in Bible college, we had a uh, a professor. His his name is Doctor Jim Blankenship, and he taught us that there are four parts of every story. There is paradise, the fall, redemption, and consummation. Paradise, the fall, redemption, and consummation. And really, all of our fairy tales. This is great storytelling. And we we love this. We want to see things restored. And uh, I just came back from three days of of writing messages with some of our writing team. And uh, so we watched the Lord of the Rings in the evening. And Tolkien has this concept called the Eucharist celebration. He it it's about like the Eucharist, you know, and he he brings it back. He, he hates it when I get nerdy. <laughs> like,
0: that. hey everyone, we're going to talk about Tolkien's Yucca celebration. Uh, if you would have turned yeah, yeah, yeah. to page four hundred and seventy-two, no uh, mercy here, no
2: mercy.
1: He
0: tells he tells, <laughs>
1: you know, I'm I'm trying to get Pastor Tina and my mom through through the first uh, first movie, and I'm like, the thing you're going to notice about Tolkien is there's a happy ending to this. He ties up all the strings, almost to the point where a lot of people are irritated that he he, he ties up all those loose knots. Mm-hmm. But that's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The gospel is paradise, the fall, Jesus is our redemption, and he's coming to change everything back and tie up all the loose knots and make it as it once was. And I think that I see a chaos in movies too. You get through movies sometimes and you're so dissatisfied when you're done with some of these movies. And I'm, I'm surprised that people can even make movies because they're terrible. And yet they get on to Amazon and Netflix and all this stuff. I'm like, there's no, there's no satisfaction in this movie. There's no smile at the end of it. There's just chaos and
2: loss. And that's the worldview of the writers and the directors that's coming through. I was was watching the original Toy Story a couple weeks ago with our youngest. It was Daddy Date at home, right? And I go, you've never seen Toy Story. We'll watch Toy Story. And it had been a while since I watched it. And you watch that film. That is a very dark film. Mm. (laughs) There's no father... That's right. Yeah. There's no father yeah. and they they spend most of their time in the little shop of horrors of the neighbor kid <laughs> who blows things up. <laughs> That's right. right. It's a really a dark yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I watched it and I went there's no dad. Yeah. Right? There, mm-hmm. where what is it? And and everything that you watch on Disney Nickelodeon Netflix, every, it's it's the dads are either gone or they're total idiots. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah That's right. You're right. And, and it's well, and that's, the de- that's the
0: that's a devil trying to. Uh, um, he's he's basically getting rid of masculinity in our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Masculinity is a very good thing, but now all of these companies don't want to touch masculinity because why? It's toxic, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they either get rid of the dads or they make them look like fools, um, or they're or they're, they're men in tr- acting like women. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's really what. It comes down to, and I, and, you know, Donald Trump said it a few months ago, I mean, everything that goes woke turns to crap, you know, yeah. I mean, and he's not, he's not wrong. I mean, he's 100% right. We see that in church. I mean, churches are, if your church is a woke church, you might as well just, you know, you know, get ready for the funeral because your church is going to die. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's going to be pastors out there like myself, they're going to say, well told you so and you know it's probably a good thing that your church died because you were becoming so irrelevant but you in your wisdom you thought you were being exactly what the world wanted you to be
3: Lord and, Lord, did we not prophesy yeah, oh, in yeah, your name right exactly you know? <laughs>
0: exactly and so and but you see that in corporate America when you go woke, it just destroys your product. When you, everything, education, it destroys education. It warps the mind of, minds of children. This should be, this is a case study in how destructive woke ideology is. We are going mm-hmm. through it right now. And if you can't see it, you are blind. I mean, that is mm-hmm. the that is all there is to it. You're so blind. Mm-hmm. But we, I think we, we do have to also look
1: at where our dollars go because we make choices to support yeah. things. You know, I'm watching uh, right now, I'm, I'm watching Disney stock crash. Yeah, from from where it was, and you know, my parents brought us up with the American Family Association. I read all the little reviews on all the movies and shows that would come out every week in the in the publications because a lot of times my parents said, "You're you're not allowed to watch this." (laughs) And um, you know, of course, Disney was always pushing; they were always, um, you know, trying to really push an agenda, and that's kind of the way my parents taught us to watch all movies and it's not that we wouldn't be allowed to see it eventually they were just kind of concerned about what we could handle and what we had the discernment to see
3: mm-hmm.
1: and but but we were trained spot the agenda look for the agenda there's the homosexual agenda there's the the you know social uh, social yeah like mm-hmm. see the agenda i don't think it's wrong to watch movies and, and as long as you can point it out one of the greatest inventions i always thought was the ability to pause television, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, the TVRs. And I'm like, we can now stop and talk about this yeah. in the moment. And you're training your children, and training them, because you can't keep them from seeing it in the world. It's not an issue of if kids are going to see pornography. Josh McDowell says it's when, when. kids see yep. pornography. And because it's just, it, it, and everybody hates that idea. I know it's hard for you know, uh, a Micah to hear got who's five got year a five-year-old year and, 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 and a two-year-old, yeah. right? And you just like, I don't want them to see that. Well, they are going to see it. How have you prepared them? you see it there was a famous saint saint Columba, and he would he was very aware of what was going on in pagan culture he was trying to do ministry to a pagan place so he was very aware you'd look at paul the apostle paul the apostle at mars hill he, he knows about the gods he's mm-hmm. very well educated mm-hmm. on that stuff but he finds the monument that says to the unknown god and goes oh now we can talk about this yeah mm-hmm. here's my avenue into a pagan culture Um, So I do think we have to be careful, especially like where Marvel is concerned. Marvel is Disney. You know, Mm -hmm. Star Wars is Disney. You're putting, I know you might like the story and you might be fans, but you have to think about the overall, who are you supporting and what are you pushing? Because they're just going to take your money and make a on more crap, and they're going to give awards away for people who could make greater levels of crap with 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 it's worse like that. and worse and it's worse like that worse Being on good, humanity. And bad
0: choices. We're coming
1: full circle. <laughs> yeah, but can I ask but. you a question? Because I'm I'm really I just want to know it, and I, I I want to know how did how did you find Christ, Amber? How do, oh story?
3: oh, <laughs> um. Well, it, it was interesting because uh, I was in and out of jail at the time, and so I was about twenty four. And uh, I started actually going to a Bible study. So I would, the, the club that I worked at uh, got done at 5 a.m. So I would drive back to my apartment early in the morning. And, and honestly, there was a church sign in the median on my way home and it was
2: um, one of those little yard signs <laughs> the, little yard sign. Yeah. church at the movie theater. Wow, yeah. and, and, cool. there,
3: and there was a new church that had started in the movie theater.
2: What church was it? By it
3: uh, uh, the Point Church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so I, I was driving home, you know, it's 5 a.m. and I thought oh, I'm just going to go home and you know, clean myself up. So I have a twin sister and she and I used to drive around. We actually worked together in the clubs. You know, we, we were the twin towers of Fort Wayne. And so, uh, so we would often go and travel and wait, stop. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Does, sorry,
0: my mind's just going here. Okay. Uh, doesn't Solomon talk about I'm something? I'm not going to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going
1: to answer the question. Please continue with the testimony. Yes. I'm not answering
3: oh. So... Uh, wait is this good or bad do i know this story i'm gonna have to go back and read <laughs> everyone
1: this. right now is googling it's towers Sol- in song of solomon <laughs> yeah, that's the whole right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> never thought of it that way but it? so so uh, thank
0: you micah back you're with. welcome uh, this is jesus sex and politics ladies <laughs> and gentlemen,
3: so. so i actually I, I so i started i i went to church i would sit way at the top and i was like i don't want anybody to see me nobody talked to me wow and I would just go and I would listen because I just, you know, there was something about, you know, church people, if you will. And I always looked, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And I always thought, what do these people have? Why are they so happy? And it just drove me nuts because we would stop and people just, they just were so full of joy. And I thought, I want what these people have. And so I would go, I went, I started, I went by myself and, you know, sat at the top and I listened to them and I left. And then I went about my life and I went back the next week and I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is interesting. And, um, but there was one, one Sunday morning and I went in and there was a greeter, a woman. And she said, um, Hey, would you like, would you like to go to uh, lunch with us after service? And I was instant panic. You know, I'm like, oh, these people are going to ask me what I do. They're going to ask <laughs> oh me my, about my exactly. life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was.
0: I'm investments. I'm an investments broker. Morgan uh, <laughs> <laughs> in sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I was instantly panicked and I didn't, but, but something inside of me said, yes. I was like, yes, I would love to go to church with you. And, and I you're I like, like, what did I just say? Exactly. You know, what did I just agree to? And so, you know, service went on and then, um, I went to church with or, or to lunch with these people. And it was the pastor and his wife and the greeters (laughs) and their wives. And I'm sitting around all of these people and I'm just observing. I just, you know, my whole life I just observe people and read people. And, you know, and so I'm it was such an interesting dynamic. And I left, I left that lunch meeting and I went back to my apartment and i fell on my knees and i cried out to the lord and i'm like i can't do this by myself and i'm like whatever these people have i want it wow, lord come cool. into my life and help me wow and then i met mark <laughs> just cool. a few months later and you know and i was going to church i was going to a bible study he was not going to church and the one stipulation i had when i first met him I was like i have to go to church wow. like you know, he grew up in the church.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so, now, and did you tell him that while still working at the club? Like you said, hey, Oh yeah. Like, he so, went, uh, <laughs> so you met at the club and you said, Hey Liv, we're going to start dating. We, we got to go to church. Yeah. No, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And,
3: and so, you know, wow. I, I stood him up a few times. He was supposed to come pick me up to go out on dates. And I'm like, this guy's a creep, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: (laughs) (laughs) Man, if you're trying to pick up women in the strip club, you are a creep. (laughs)
3: That's
2: That's out there. That's funny.
3: Mm. Yeah. So, So, and it it was interesting when we actually started going to church together, and uh, we were looking for because we started to go to his home church where he grew up, and I remember we searched online for a Sunday school class that was, you know, relatively our age group, and Mm -hmm. and I because. I, I I was never really a fan of of preaching. I, I didn't like service. I enjoyed Sunday school. I was just, I was hungry for the word. Mm-hmm. I was a sponge and I wanted to know everything because I felt like I was so bar- far behind. You know, here I am 25 years old. I know nothing about scripture. Mm-hmm. Like give me everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, we actually went in and we were going to go to uh, a Sunday school class that was for young adults. And I panicked and I thought, I'm not going in here. I was, I was still working at a club. I, I, I knew, I just, I felt, I felt the weight and I thought I cannot go in here and, and, and face all of these people. And so we were actually getting ready to turn around and walk out. And he said, we were in the breezeway of the doors. Uh, You know, we had made it that far, but we (laughs) we were leaving. (laughs) And he says, Hey, my dad teaches a class upstairs. Do you want to go and check it out? And I was like, Oh, okay. You know? And so we went and it was, it was the most incredible experience. We spent the last 16 years with a generation, you know, generation, two generations above ours and wow, learning from cool. these people. And so every Sunday, never miss, you know, hardly ever missed only for other than being sick, but just to learn and grow with those people, they they've lived life. Yeah. And that, it, and it's so important, I think, for people find people older than you who can teach you, who can train you. I mean, it's it's what Scripture talks about. The older generation is supposed to teach the younger.
1: It's kind of like fathering sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. That's our
0: uh, vision statement
1: here, yeah. And, and so, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, it That's really awesome.
3: was. It was the greatest, greatest thing that had ever happened to me, is to go into a a a study and a group and be in a community that was older than me who could teach me uh really how to how to live my life and, and it was a great model, a great example,
1: cool. but the identity of your past has had to fall off of you at some point oh, at some it, point it took,
3: you- it took years year i I struggled for years in the church full of shame i i it was myself who I couldn't let it go. I continually asked the Lord over and over again, Lord, please forgive me. I just, I constantly felt like a failure. I think it was probably, it, it was probably, I'm guessing six years that I was actually, it took for me to to heal and recover from knowing uh, the past and now to speak about it freely to help mm-hmm. other people. Um, it, it took, it took a while. The Lord worked on so me. In and
1: in at a certain point, it's not just, you know, he forgave you the very first time. Yeah, It's you had to learn to forgive yourself. Yes. At mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. And just realize, hey, I'm a great
0: redemption story.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when that's when awesome.
3: It's not my story, it's his story. Yeah. He's the exactly. hero of the yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And and for people who are listening to this right now, no matter what you've done in your past, if you've if you've had Jesus in your life and He's cleansed you with the blood, remember that God sees you as holy. Yep. He's and, and that's the thing, you have to live in God's reality. Like that's we go back to what's true, what's real, what's yep. not, right? Yep. Whatever God says is true is true. Whatever God says is real is real. And and we have to say, Lord, give us the eyes to see things from your reality and from your perspective on reality, right? Yep. And when you start looking at yourself that way, you know, it's amazing. You could you could have literally just done stuff, you know, two minutes ago. And and yet God says, Hey, if you're covered in the blood, I still see you as holy. Now he'll convict you and, and move you in the right, in the right path, right? But but it's but he sees you as totally made pure and righteous. And I I think that that's one of the coolest things of of the redemption story is like yeah. you. God's reality is you are totally pure. Yeah. Now, how long it takes you to realize that is a mm. is another yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> that it,
3: it's it's Amber all personal. Yeah. 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 To each individual.
0: Yeah. What about your sister? Did she
1: come to know the Lord?
3: She did. We actually got baptized together, so wow. she Amazing.
0: was oh, she. That's awesome. <laughs> how come this isn't a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, because because is in the movie? Get on it, Because that wrong. producer <laughs> would
2: say, "Oh wow!" Like he would be like, "We can't tell this what story. kind <laughs> of creepy." guy am i gonna get to play me
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> paul rubens is retired <laughs> <laughs> dude you know you
0: need to get uh you need to get like brad pitt or somebody yeah. like real like <laughs> you know real good looking guy you know be like
3: yeah yeah <laughs> it's, So it's ryan
0: reynolds yeah yeah right.
3: So she was actually, she was actually um, going through a hard time in her life, in her marriage, you know, she, without Christ. And I kept asking her, it was, and it was early on when I, when I first became a believer and um, I just kept telling her, I was like, Brandy, I know you, I'm telling you, you have, you have to come to Sunday school with us, come to Sunday school. And so she started coming to Sunday school with us and in her marriage started to change her, her life started to change. And, and finally, you know, she just, she realized she's like, yeah and she accepted Christ and months later we got baptized together wow. and it you know it was just it was it's been and, and it, now she serves the Lord in her own little church and on worship team
2: and it was my dad that baptized you
3: yeah oh wow, yeah. that's cool yeah
2: man Jeez, yeah. man, the Lord is awesome.
3: <laughs> he it? is. That's a, that's and now so cool. look at what, uh, right. And I yeah. always say, if the Lord can use two broken people like us to do what we're doing today to make an impact across the nation and around yeah. the world, he can use you too. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. Yeah. Yep. Amen. So Fearless Films. Fearless okay, where features? can people or features? Sorry, where can people uh, like learn about it and like? And I know you said Amazon Prime. You can rent. Uh, you and, would. And, and, yep. And then what about um, Mind Polluters? The where, Mind
3: Polluters. It's on Vimeo. So if you go to fearlessfeatures.org, you can go and that that's our ministry page. And you know, and that's the thing we were just talking about. You know, who do you support? Do you support Disney? You know, that's the thing. We are independently supported. And during this process, especially when we released um, the Mind Polluters we actually had two national organizations come after us and, and tell us that we needed to remove all reference to Christ and Christianity. Hmm. And we're like, uh... To
2: broaden our audience.
3: To, to broaden, the broaden the audience <laughs> for the film. And no, literally, they really did say that. Wow. And it was a very... Was this a Christian organization? Oh, yeah what yeah (laughs) Yeah. so
0: again the wokeism seeping into the church yeah so it it was
3: it was a very short conversation we said no thank you very much and that was the end of the conversation and that and that's the thing we are independently supported for a reason so if people if you are looking to support missionaries we are cultural (laughs) missionaries in our field doing doing our work as unto the lord so
2: and we do not we do not take we we've had you know, large grant organizations <laughs> kind of come along. Well, we'll give you this, but you know, we kind of, here's what you got to say. Yeah. We, we, we have summarily dismissed that That's said we good. are not taking corporate money. We're not taking good grant money with strings attached. These films, the, the two so far that we've put out have represent 100% grassroots donor funded um, because our executive in,
3: producer is the Lord. That's
2: yeah, that I love it. on love a thousand hills. And we have seen, having worked in corporate uh, video world for many years, we know how those influences come in, yeah. and we we stepped out of that on purpose so mm-hmm. that we could do just only listen to the Lord with, when we we're doing these. With mm-hmm.
0: the shekels come the
2: shackles, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. That's, that's a
0: very yeah, and that's true in many industries, not just mm-hmm. uh, in in. Faith world as well. So, mm-hmm. but well, I'll
1: be watching those. I'm going to go, go yeah. check out how I like, can do that. We, Once again, the name of the
0: films are
3: uh, Inwood Drive and the Mind Polluters. And you can find them at our website at fearlessfeatures.org.
0: Now, when you guys released the world premiere of Mind Polluters, wasn't that here? That it was, was here. here. Yeah, so that was the world premiere yeah. when we showed it here. Uh, <laughs> right? uh, that's amazing. That
3: kicked it off. That's cool. Yeah. That's hey. and, yeah. and it's, and it's interesting because we had just finished the film two weeks prior. Yeah. And since since doing that and then uh, releasing it here at Life Church, yeah. I mean we we just can't even we can't even get in front of it anymore. There Amazing. are so many people
1: Praise and what God. the what
3: the Lord is doing, it's really incredible.
1: Love us, God. Hey, can right. I can I ask you? Would it be all right if I, I just prayed for no. you at this, no. this no. That's that's like, no, we don't do that. Here. <laughs> you know, the, this is yeah. Jesus, sex and politics. Uh, we don't. There's no prayer in there, Nathan. I just I just <laughs> was like, man, I want to I want to pray a blessing over these folks and yeah. uh, on your endeavor. But also on all the, I mean, your testimony is phenomenal. And there's people that God wants to save just like he saved you. Mm-hmm. And too many times we are not praying for those people. You're a reminder to the church. Hey, pray. Yeah. And, 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 and teach a Sunday school class and teach a small group and put up a sign. And, <laughs> you know, there's so many things <laughs> a yard there. Sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can do it. Um, I just want to pray over you. Yeah. Sorry. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much, God, for great stories. Lord, the gospel is a great story. And Lord, uh, Mark and Amber are a great story. Lord, you have so many people that their life right now is in the, is in the fall phase and it's, it's collapsing, but Lord, you are redemption and you, you are the consummation of all things. You bring about the happy endings and Lord, we, we just, uh, we lift up these people in our world who are lost without you. Lord, whether they're in the strip club or they're in the bar or they're, uh, Lord, even there are those in the church, they're still lost. They just don't know they're lost. And and Lord, as they hear about you, God, I pray that you would turn on the lights of the revelation of who you are to reveal yourself to them. God, I just pray that the lost would be found and the and the dead would come back to life again. Mm-hmm. Lord, I thank you for the prodigal sons that are going to find themselves in the pig pen and all of a sudden consider the goodness of the Father. And Start that long journey home, uh, Lord. I pray that that they will find, um, Lord, the church ready to receive them again. God, we pray over this, uh, Lord, this company. We pray over uh, these films, Lord. Your word being spoken to a dark culture, Lord, you called us to be light in a dark culture, and I ask Father that you would cause, Lord, doors to be open to them that no man can shut. Lord close those doors that you do not want opened and direct them by the closing of that door to see that you you are uh, you're opening the perfect door. Lord as you are the you're the executive producer of these films, Lord I pray that what you put your blessing on no one can stop. Lord cause the the money to come. Cause the favor to come. Cause the 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 appointments to come, the opportunities to come. Lord, let your creativity flow out of their hearts. And uh, Lord, may we look back and see uh, your hand of blessing that no one could stop. Bring people to salvation. Help our legislators to see these things. and Call them to an understanding of what is right and wrong. Convict their spirit, Lord. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus.
0: Amen. 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 Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us here. Yeah, yeah thanks absolutely. for having us. Yeah, absolutely, it's awesome to have you. Go ahead and uh, like and subscribe if you haven't shared this episode. Tell people about it, and uh, you know you're, you're going to be amazed at how the Lord uh, gets truth out there and how he penetrates the heart. So, Amen. We're
1: coming yeah. up on Holy Week, so uh, so make sure that you're in church you somewhere,
0: dude, dude, dude. You can't say that because this is I don't know when this is going to go out. This well, could go out. Like, can't you change it? <laughs> Don't you have that kind of? Power? I guess now it has to come out
1: before Holy Week. <laughs> can which, you put it out on Good Friday? Listen, you didn't have th- anything
3: else to be right Go <laughs> <laughs>
1: to
0: church. Oh, Find someone to church. Yeah, a they, Bible-believing they, church. That's right. One where people eat a lot of good food for uh, for like potlucks. Like Nathan's been eating a lot of good food. You can tell he's starting the brownies that, that you tend to eat. This not is not
3: a single thing he said is
0: accurate. So uh, <laughs> that is not true at all. I do. Not eat brownies. So. I have pictures. So. Will you shut up, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guys, right. thank you so much yes, for coming on. Yes, thank, thank you. Yes, it's been awesome having you. Again, this has been Jesus Sex and Politics. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about that will scare you. We will catch you next time.